Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner podcast. I am Mason Austin, your host for today, and we are talking about the best of the rest interior defensive linemen. These are the guys that just narrowly missed our top five list. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and talk about kind of what I look at when we do our development and see who makes this list. Going into kind of what we look for when we do these breakdowns as we look at their awareness, their power and strength, frame slash size, play recognition, run stopping, speed rush moves, hand speed, power rush moves, speed and agility. These are all on a, you know, one to 10 scale. Each and every one of these guys have been developed, you know, and looked at, we watched their film and put it through, you know, our scale here. And these guys just narrowly missed underneath some of the guys that were in our top five list. And if you haven't listened to that, go ahead and go back. It is episode 96, our top five class of 2022 defensive tackles. Now to just go ahead and hop right into my first guy here, Muhammad Ibrahim out of Wiggins High School. He's six foot four. Sadly, he does not have his weight listed on max preps or anywhere of that nature. But, you know, I know he's six foot four. Going into him, uh, he's super strong. And, you know, he has a knack for finding the ball. You know, that's one of my favorite things to watch about this guy. You know, his film shows it that anytime the ball is, you know, handed off and it's running one way, he's on his way there. If it's coming straight up the middle at him, he's already there. And, you know, if the quarterback keeps it, he starts going from, you know, blocking the run to his pass rush moves, getting in the face. And that is shown by the fact that he has 101 total tackles, but 77 of those this season, we're um, solo tackles. And with two sacks, you know, he's just an animal when it comes to, you know, padding his stats and getting up there and making and getting in on every tackle possible. His awareness was probably the highest thing I have rated for this guy. You know, he doesn't have a lot of film out there. Most of his film is just the stuff that's cut from, you know, the Wiggins highlight reels. So it shows a lot of everybody. Um, if he could cut it down, show us a little bit more, it might have helped a little bit. I know he has a lot of strength out of that, man. Um, I've seen him, you know, push around some big dudes to get where he needs to get. His frame and size, I know he doesn't have a weight listed, but he definitely has the frame. He has the size, so I know he's a decent weight. You know, I'd say he's probably around 250 around there. His play recognition, like I said, one of my favorite things that he does is his play recognition. You know, he turns the corner, he hits somebody, and he makes what he needs to make happen. So... I think, you know, his speed rush is something that, you know, he really gets into his bag and does. He doesn't have a lot of moves, but every move he does is technical and perfect. This guy is, a you know, a dominant force for this Wiggins defensive line. Now, with that being said, I want to go ahead and talk about a few areas of improvement I've seen in this guy. I think his agility, you know, his side-to-side movement is something that it's, it's sought after by a lot of bigger dudes, but at his size, I think that he should be a little bit better at it. You know, his power rush moves, you know, he's got that speed rush down where he's knocking their hands out of the way, but he doesn't bull rush a lot. And I think as a defensive tackle, you need to bull rush and you need to be able to, you know, power through somebody. And he has the strength to do it because I've seen him throw around the, you know, offensive lineman like it's nothing. I think that it's the technical, you know, footwork things that he needs to do there. 
and this also is coming off of you know i don't have a lot of film for this guy it's only what i've seen on the film that is provided on you know huddle and then you know all his stats that i have come off of uh max preps so that being said you know this guy is a dominant guy i think his hand speed is a little slow he doesn't seem to fight them off for a few seconds and that few seconds might let somebody get a couple extra yards that they don't need to get but i think this guy you know is dominant so i'm gonna go ahead and talk about you know some outlook for this guy he uh you know muhammad over here needs to basically i think he should go to right now he could probably go to a d2 but i think if he wants to bet on himself and hit a juco something around that nature he can possibly you know work out the little kinks in his game and move up to a d1 level i think he has the size he has the frame you know he's six foot four yeah six foot four you know if he gets up to a 260 275 you know he could keep that defensive tackle position or maybe they think you know because he's such a good speed rusher has a knack for finding the ball not you know afraid to make contact at any point i've never had to question that he was afraid to make contact if that's the case that you know they might move him out to defensive and maybe an outside linebacker position if he slims down a little bit you know there's endless possibility for this guy but i think a juco would get him right and put him at that d one level but right now i think he's a d3 d2 guy i would lean more towards you know a d2 such as like a csu pueblo those type of places and i think that he's i don't think he's a day one starter i think they redshirt him but regardless of what they do this dude you know like second year he gets snaps third year he's starting maybe even second year halfway through the year he starts because this dude is a dominant force to be reckoned with he is gonna get it done no matter where he's at, you know, and again, this is Mohammed Ibrahim out of Wiggins High School uh, in Colorado. I think they are a 1A school, which a lot of people sleep on. They have athletes over there, and this guy is probably one of the best, if not the best athlete on that squad. You know, shout out to Wiggins over there for doing good this season, and shout out to this guy for getting it done with his 100 and... 10 total tackles, two sacks, and 77 solo tackles. Man, keep it up. That's all I got to say. And uh, yeah, when I come back, I'm going to go ahead and talk about our next guy on this list. Welcome back. And I'm going to talk about our next guy out of Durango High School. You know, Will Knight out of Durango has 50 tackles, four sacks, and one safety. I'm going to say he tracks the ball very, very well, making, you know, his first step in the motion and in the direction that they, you know, go right away. His great footwork helps him use his with his quick hands to get past blocks. And then, you know, his ability to break through blocks and use his speed is just insane because he'll use his speed turn the corner and hit somebody and when i mean it like he'll, he'll use his speed go straight down the line using his side to side motion and his a uh, you know his agility which his speed and his agility were his top two rated things for me both coming in at about a seven each and he runs down the line you know uses that speed and he hits somebody now, those two paired together, he is 
great. This guy is someone, you know, he's, he's a force to be reckoned with over there at Durango. That being said, his run stopping is not something that, you know, is to be slept on. He is definitely a dominant force in the run. He's not afraid to step up and make that stop when he needs to make that stop. And, you know, his power rushing shows. He's a very strong guy for, you know, you know his size because he is only six foot 230 pounds which is actually undersized i'm not uh, yeah it's it's undersized you know i think that for him personally his pass rushing you know needs some work but his run stopping shows that he has the you know intelligence to diagnose the play see where it's going make like i said he makes the move gets off his block and he hits somebody he doesn't shy away from contact and he's definitely aware of everything he is doing so going on from that you know looking at some areas of improvement for this guy he needs to try not to get lost upfield when you know when he gets blown off the ball or like a a defender or an offensive you know lineman kind of pushes him back a lot of times defenders will get lost kind of upfield and play a little bit side to side too much he needs to you know try to fight back to bring back to that line of scrimmage to let less yards up which is me being nitpicky i'm not gonna lie you know this guy you know when he seems to be double teamed and you know he starts to lose a battle it seems to be a struggle for him to recover you know in the double team it's a tough thing to do you know you see it all the time where people lose their footing or they you know they step wrong and they have to recover and some guys can do it he just doesn't show me enough recovery wise yet for me to be able to say that he can recover well now obviously since we're talking about the big guys we got to talk about his frame and size him only being six foot 230 pounds that is undersized for a defensive tackle at the next level they're probably moving outside haven't played defensive end you know because he does have the speed to do it so there's nothing wrong with that but you know he is an undersized defensive tackle you know and that's sadly you know nothing that against him with his height but his weight wise he needs to rack up a few pounds if he's going to be able to handle that next level talent where those guys are going to be big you know not saying he can't do it at the size he is but i'm saying that it's going to be a struggle and that is probably my lowest rated thing for him i had him at a five for his you know his his size and frame because he has he has some height he could use a little more but you know that's genetics you can't really help that but his weight is not there that being said i think this guy going into college looking at a little bit of outlook for him you know something like that i think he is you know a d2 guy you know again a juco wouldn't be bad for him to get a couple years under his belt if he doesn't have an offer or something go to a you know a junior college and make his way to whatever he needs to make his way to but i think he could probably play at the d2 level he's a little bit undersized they might move him out to a defensive end position but i think with his knack for finding the ball being able to hit somebody his speed his agility his side to side movement i feel like that he will make a d2 squad happy wherever he's at i would say he gets redshirted as a freshman that you know that's something i'm probably going to say about almost all of the guys on this list today 
They're going to get redshirted their freshman year. I think this guy gets redshirted his sophomore year too, and he starts his third year, which would be his junior year, but his technical first year of his eligibility coming out. I feel like that after he does all of that, he's going to come out and he's going to you know, play well and dominate, and they're probably going to have his size up a little bit, and they're going to show him how to just you know, do what he did you know, back here in Colorado on that college level, and it's going to be fun to see. So, you know, you know, Will Knight out of Durango High School, keep it up. That's all I got to say. Now, after all of that, when I come back, I am going to go ahead and talk about the next guy on this list. Now, let's get back to it and go ahead and talk about our next guy. This one's going to be a little bit short from what I talked because he didn't have a lot of film, which kind of hurts. You know, only film I got was I had to go to the lineman recaps for their page. You know, this is Eli uh, Wisinski. I'm sorry if I butchered that man. You are welcome to come on the show and talk, you know, directly to me. Tell me how to say your name. But if I, if I didn't do it, you know, that's great for me. But, you know, I saw this guy in live. You know, when he played in the state championship game, he is a dog. Not going to say he's not. Um, he's, a, he's definitely strong. He's very, you know, f he, he's got a lot of force in the way he moves and the way he does everything. You know, Lyman High School out there, you know, they produce some animals. They, they do. That's what they do. They, they like to win and they don't like to lose. And, you know, that winning spirit is something that's going to be great on the next level. I think that, you know, with the lack of film, what I saw in the lineman recaps, you know, this guy, you know, he had 43 tackles, 5.5 sacks, and a fumble recovery this season. Those aren't bad stats. You know, I think that the film is probably the thing that's hurting him the most. That being said, going into some things that I saw on the lineman film that I got to watch through, you know, lineman's page, you know, his, his frame and size is undersized. But it's not terrible. 6'3, great size, 220. He can always pack on weight. That's all I'm going to say. He is a great run stopper. He definitely gets up the middle and he's not afraid to break down and make that hit. He power rushes very well and he has a great, and I mean great, awareness to see where the ball goes. That being said, some areas of improvement for me is he needs to pack on some weight and he doesn't seem to speed rush. You know, that you know 5.5 sacks you think he speed rushes now he's just power overpowering the middle i don't see a lot of speed rush moves i don't see him moving his hands kind of you know trying to break up the hands as much his hand fighting needs some work and from what i can tell his footwork is average so it's not bad but it's average i do think this guy is a very good football player and i do think he can play on the next level that being said looking into his outlook he's gonna be an NAIA guy or a JUCO I don't think with his film and everything that he has out there right now he has enough to push for that next level that you know he probably could play out of D2 but I don't think he'll get an offer from a D2 just because of the lack of film but you know at an NAIA or a JUCO I feel like he redshirts his freshman year he plays his second year because this guy is, like I said, an animal and a winner. He doesn't like to lose. So that being said, you know, this guy 
is going to make it to that next level. And when he does, I'd love to see where he goes from there. And yeah, you're like I said, you are more than welcome. Any of these guys are more than welcome to come on. You know, we can interview and talk about, you know, just football and talk about the game that everybody here loves. Um, if you have any questions or you want to hop on, you know, go ahead and shoot us a DM over on, you know, Instagram, Twitter, any of them. And we'll set it up, man. I'm definitely down to talk to anybody. With that being said, you know, sadly, I was kind of a shorter one. I just didn't have a whole lot of information for that guy. I'm going to go ahead and when I come back, I'm going to talk about another guy um, and the last guy for this episode today. Alrighty, welcome back, and you are listening to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm going to talk about this last guy out of Mead High School, Tommy Tatham, I believe is how you say it. He is six foot two, 240. This season, he had four sacks and 36 tackles. You know, he makes first contact every single time that ball is snapped. He has good hands, and you know, he's great footwork. Not and he's not like I said he's not afraid to make any type of contact. You know he comes to he comes out of a four point stance a lot, which you don't see from a lot of guys in the state of Colorado. He does it very effectively. You know he's not afraid to make the contact, hit him, and just you know that first initial shock allows him to make a play when he needs to make a play, and he gets off blocks very well because he hits him so hard that he just he moves through him, and that comes out of his power rush moves which is his highest rated thing I have on him. You know, I have him at a seven for power rush moves. That being said, I also like, you know, his his speed and his agility. I think that he's a very agile player. He moves side to side very well. I also think that, you know, he his hand speed is very good for, you know, what he does. I think that he's a bit undersized, but I think that he, you know, uses it very well by, you know, getting that first initial pop. That first initial, you know, like, just, like, clap of the pads. It's all because of him, and he's not going to change that because he doesn't need to. That being said, going into some areas of improvement for this guy, I think he needs to work a little bit on looking for the ball sooner and just react because he doesn't seem to react. He seems to, you know, make his initial hits, go through the line, you know, break off it, then look for the ball instead of in the midst of it all, trying to hit and find the ball, you know, make his way down the line and make the tackle. I feel like his stats would shoot up exponentially if he did so. You know, some drills that I've done for that is, you know, going to change a direction drill, the side to side, you know, have a coach point at a cone, you have to hit it, you know, but not knowing, you know, you're chopping your feet and then all of a sudden he points and you have to hit it, you know, that type of thing for reactionary stuff. I've seen the light uh, light boards where they have lights in front of you. You have to tap the light as it comes, you know, those type of different things. They're great, you know, to add to your game, to make you just move a little bit better. Another thing that seems to happen for him for some areas of improvement is when he gets put into the pile and in the midst of everything, he seems to get lost a little bit. You know, you saw this in the Frederick game. Um, he kind of got lost in the pile a couple times where, you know, there's a bunch of people around him. He's trying to make a play. He's trying to do everything he can. He just can't seem to get out of the pile. You know, sometimes you have to reset yourself and just 
find the ball. And, you know, that's something that another, it's another reactionary thing. And I feel like he can do it. He just needs to work on it just a little bit. When he seems to, you know, when he seems to get double teamed, I feel like his size comes into play. I think that's a huge thing for him. Um, when he gets double teamed, I don't think he has the size to, you know, use his strength in the proper way to break a double team. And it seems like double teaming him is the way to make him ineffective. I've seen a couple double teams on this guy where he just, you know, he doesn't give up. I will say he will not give up, you know, but I feel like this guy is just super raw, you know, which isn't a bad thing, man. Like raw talent. I take raw talent at the next level over talent that is, you know, at its peak of development because this guy is not at his peak of development. I feel like he gains a little speed, does a little, you know, here and there, you know, reactionary work. You know, he gains a little weight. This dude could play, and he could play effectively. That being said, I'm going to look into some outlook for this guy, man. Juco in AIA is where I would put him right now. I feel like if he goes through Juco, red shirts a year, gains some weight, works on all those reactionary drills that they're going to make him, you know, work on, get his training like he's going to get his training. He'll make a difference at the D2 level. I think that this guy is a D2 guy all the way if he does the minute things that I said here just to kind of get him into the fluid motion and be able to just take care of business. Like I said, he is super raw and there's nothing wrong with raw talent. I prefer raw talent over, you know, a guy that, you know, gives up when he gets double teamed or, you know, doesn't make first contact and wonders why he's not, you know, getting his hands on people fast enough. You know, I like raw talent. I think that this guy is what I said, raw talent, and he is talented. I feel like he gets a little bit of extra help, makes it at the next level. A JUCO team would be happy to have him. An NAIA team would be happy to have him. I feel like this guy is a difference maker on the next level. Redshirted his first year, like I said about everybody else on this list. You know, second year he's getting snaps because this is just who he is. And I feel like, you know, this guy out of Mead High School is going to make a difference on that next level. So that being said, you know, that is my last guy I'm going to talk about today. I do want to say great work this season for all of these guys and to keep it going on that next level. And you are listening to the Playmakers Corner podcast. You're probably listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you can find the podcast, basically, if you're listening to this episode. If, you know, go ahead and give us a follow on all our socials, you know, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, all of those are at the Playmakers Corner. Um, on Twitter, we are at Playmaker Corner. Um, you know, we got all of those on Anchor everywhere around. And be watching out for all of our episodes coming up of just best of the rest. We're finishing up that. And then we're going into some film breakdowns of maybe some younger guys, but also, you know, some more of these 2022 guys. Give them what they need. Uh, Watch out for our live streams on Tuesdays and stuff like that about girls flag football. You know, women's flag football is something big. We will be covering it coming in the fall when it starts up in Colorado. Keep your, you know, your eyes out for that. Now, with all that being said, you know, I've been your host today, Mason Austin. This is the Playmakers Corner Podcast. Peace.